welcome to the first episode of Rediscovering Humanity. We are your hosts. I am Isai Ramirez, and this is my good friend, Joel Navarro. Hello, Isai. Hello, friends. What is about to begin does not come from a place um, of superiority. You know, this isn't a podcast where you're going to be listening to a couple of allegedly smart dudes uh, teach you what they think are some new life-changing truths. Allegedly. I love that. It would be very easy to say, hey, we have the answers. Do this. Uh, But full disclosure, we're both pastors. We both have jobs where we find ourselves at the stage or speaking, either preaching, teaching, uh, but speaking in front of a crowd, um, whether big or small. But this could turn out to just be a bunch of conversational lectures. And I don't know that we can promise uh, 100% that they won't sometimes, but we can say that our intention is that they will not be that way, that this is not our goal. So, so Isai, what is then this podcast? What are we doing here? Right. So we're not lecturing people, but our, our, our hope is that this podcast is simply a place where we can grow together, a place where you and I, and hopefully with the community we build with our listeners, where we grow together, a place where, where we can share all the growing up that we've been doing and what we've been discovering along the way. Oh, man, yes. I think humans grow better and in a more enjoyable way when they do it together. I know that for me, man, throughout this crazy year, it has certainly been the case. My friends, my colleagues like you, my wife, my family, they've all made this so much more bearable. Same. I can agree. My hope is that this podcast that you mentioned, it can be that friend, just like the friends, the support that we were talking about in community, that it can be that friend along the way for any and all humans that tune in, a reminder that we're looking for answers, wanting to make sense of this messed up present that is 2020 and seeking to have certainty of a better tomorrow, ultimately a happy ending. That's a good goal, a happy ending. Before we move forward, though, I think it's important that we clarify what motivated these conversations and what is our goal. Why are we doing this? And how would I say this? What are some of the fundamental assumptions that we are operating on and that we're going to be making along our way. Absolutely. Setting the foundation for this, as we said before, we grow up better when we do it as a community. And the way that I see it, this community includes family, friends, and also the stories and wisdom of those who have walked the path before us. Absolutely, man. Speaking for myself, my community has given me a growing awareness of how I am living. And where my living, whether that's decisions or my lifestyle, where that's taking me to. And when I don't like what I'm seeing, this community allows me to have the tools to, as we've been saying, grow up. I love that, man. I love the empowering that a community can do. And when we talk about growing up, I think it's important that we highlight that we're not necessarily talking about being a better self or a better version of ourself, although there really isn't anything wrong with that. Exactly. Uh, And many of us, when we don't like what we see, we set ourselves goals that are ultimately self-centered. I am doing this, but I want to get to do that someday. I like doing this. I like looking like this, but I want to look like that. 
and so on and so forth. And often our growing up is a very self-centered enterprise. What I want, what I want to be, and what I can do to get there. <laughs> I can definitely testify to the fact that I take myself nowhere good. So when we're talking about growing up, we're not ultimately talking about growing up to something but we're talking about fundamentally growing up to someone or towards someone god now as christians we believe that we are our best self when we are in a growing intimate relationship with our creator and like we mentioned before we're we're both pastors with both christians so this is this is a very bold statement and it may be slightly undeserved especially for those of our listeners that are not believers fair enough and i think that much of the stuff that we're going to be talking about will show itself to be rather disconnected from ideas that are explicitly christian you know our our struggles as followers of jesus they're not different from the struggles of this who are not our joys our pains our desires dreams and sorrows they're all part of a shared common you know human experience i like what you're saying because oftentimes when we think of god and christianity we think of god as some strange deity making arbitrary demands of our lives just because he can and christianity is a way of life that disconnects people from reality but what i hear you say is that we are coming from the belief that god is deeply involved in the nitty-gritty the good the bad and everything in between of our human experience. Then biblical Christianity, the deep involvement, almost kind of a, in, in my face, of a God of love in my story. And everything that comes out of that, everything that results out of this involvement and relationship between him and I. I like that. What's interesting is that I actually wasn't at this conclusion hmm. at the beginning of our, of our conversations. Uh, personally, as an extrovert in my mid-20s, I've always enjoyed relationships, meeting people, being around people. But I wanted to start this year with the goal of growing in my intentionality, of growing deeper, growing better relationships. And, and the truth is I also want to learn from mentors, learn from others that have been where I am so that I can have confidence that I know where I'm headed for success in making the best decisions. And I recognized I needed to, to be a better leader, to be a better son, to be a better mm. brother, boyfriend, but I just didn't know what it would take. And I needed to grow in my relationships and learn from them. And this year has honestly definitely challenged me. I hear you, man. And I think that some people now may be thinking, you know, I thought you guys were, I thought you guys were pastors, right? You're supposed to be having it together and telling everyone else how to, how to be like you, right? But, but this is what I was talking about before. Human experience is human experience. Pastor or not, Republican or Democrat, atheist, Buddhist, humanist, Hindu, whatever it is, my experience is not that different from the experience of someone next door to me. For real. Uh, as humans, we're not exempt from human struggles. Yeah, exactly. It may seem obvious, right? But you know, for me, 2020 has also been a big eye-opener. It, it helped me see that as a Christian and as a pastor, I was very much focused on myself. 
and I, um, it hurts me to say, had the ego the size of three elephants, you know. And I always thought, you know, I would tell myself if I, if I had planned harder, if I thought harder, if I worked harder, if I slept a little less, pushed a little more, I could fix everything. Yeah, my marriage, my job, my family, my health. For some crazy reason, I was convinced that even though I was a single common denominator in all my problems, I was also the solution to them. We do that, don't we? We put all our hope and our ability to get ourselves out of trouble, especially as Americans. We love this idea of self-made, of self-help. I've got the skills, the wisdom. I've got the strength to build a great life for myself. Yep, to grow me up into a happy, fulfilled, and purpose-filled human being. It makes me think about my daughter's favorite sentence. I can do it. I, and in a way, that's really what humanism is, right? The, it's the belief that human beings have what it takes, not only to fix themselves, but the world. You know, I was reading a very interesting book on C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien's involvement in service during the First World War. And it was really shocking to see the state of the Western world before the First World War took place. They seem to be convinced, you know, both in, in the political, religious, and academic aspects of society and of the world at that time, they were convinced that they had learned from their mistakes, they had left war behind, and they were just on a, on a path upward, right? They were going to better themselves. Humanity was going to keep being better and doing better and thinking better than ever. And it was all going to be awesome, right? And just a few months later, First World War breaks out, and it turns out to be one of the worst wars and carnage in history. So this alone really should uh, uh, make a solid point to the reality that uh, that we should, you know, we should feel apprehensive and and feel slightly cynical about this idea that we have what it takes, we alone especially, have what it takes uh, to live a good life and to make the world a better place. Right, that's crazy. I mean, by definition, that's insanity. Doing something repetitively and expecting different results, and that's the insanity that we keep trying. In spite of all of the experiences in our own personal lives and in history that have shown us that we need help. We keep trying to exclusively rely on the latest idea, the strongest effort, and we end up feeling restless, exhausted. Man, this makes me think of the words of a famous American author, uh, not a Christian, in a rather agitated life. His name was David Foster Wallace. He, he died fairly young, I think, in his early 40s. But he wrote in one of his books a paragraph that is pure gold. Listen to this. He says, in the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat your life. If you worship money and things... If they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body, beauty, sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. Wow, that is so deep. 
everybody worships. And I see what he's saying. Putting your trust in anything that does not go beyond what is temporary will just leave you unsatisfied. It would seem so. Again, he, he isn't coming at this as a believer, but he makes a wonderful point, a bit sombering maybe of a point, that, that everything that lives within the box of space and time is temporary by definition. And because it's temporary, it's limited, right? You can look good, but you could look better, and eventually your body will decay, like it or not, right? You can find, you can think you find the solution to all your best ideas, and maybe then the next best idea comes along, and eventually your brain stops working as you age. So there really is an unavoidable, unescapable sense of dissatisfaction. Hmm. And I guess this is why everyone's looking for the next, the next phone, the next thing. I feel like you're calling out a Apple users on this, but really, this is, this is, this is really the, the problem that we all as humans find ourselves in. Yeah, and it causes really a, 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 a deep sense of restlessness that I can tell you, man, it's just an exhausting way to live. You know, I can very clearly see this restlessness both in myself and all around us in 2020 as what we thought was so solid and trustworthy it shows itself to be rather frail the whole nation turns to the next best thing whether that's political allegiances medical authorities religious leaders the newest streaming subscription Hmm. but all of this all of this looking for what will give us some stability comfort, good living, and rest. And, you know, in this process of realizing how shaky my ground was, I, I stumbled uh, into a verse. Actually, this was shared by a common friend of ours, a colleague of ours, right? Uh, we were talking about the, the ups and downs of, of being a pastor, and, and this verse came along. It's in Jeremiah 6.16. Listen to this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is, and we will walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. And man, immediately my mind was blown. And as a matter of fact, I think it's, it's very much blown still since then. I love that. I love the, the reality of the human restlessness that it puts into perspective. And this isn't a 2020 problem. It's not a 21st century problem even, but it's actually a problem as old as humanity itself. Exactly. And so I think that when we look at this verse, some of the questions that that we should be having are, you know, first of all, what's the problem? What's the deal with Jeremiah's audience? How does one stop and ask at the crossroads, right? What is the ancient path, the, the good way? And how does one walk in it? Man, those are some good questions. And I'm excited for what's ahead. I'm excited for where this is leading us to. These are going to be some deep, soul-feeding conversations. Say, man, it's going to be a joy to go through this. And it's a privilege to do it with you, Isai, and to do it with all our new friends, with our audience. And so this is our first episode. Congratulations, Isai. We've we made one it. Episode. We have one episode. This has been our first episode of rediscovering humanity where we journey back to what it means to fully live and what it means to be human so we'll continue this journey together until next time until next time friends